Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I am your host, Sarah. So, it is July 22nd at 10.46 a.m. I woke up at 4.30 this morning to go out with my camera, climb the hill here in Lorezzo, Italy, and uh, film the sunset. Sunrise. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, it was gorgeous and beautiful, and I am glad that I did it, and I definitely don't regret it. And I am very tired, but I need to record this now because I will not have time to do it at any other point this week before Wednesday. So here we are. And of course, the, uh, the housekeepers are doing their business right now, so there's going to be a lot of background noise of... I guess, Italian women speaking Italian and hitting trash cans and uh, waving plastic bags around. So uh, this is probably going to be another short episode, unfortunately, just because there's not a whole, whole lot to talk about, I guess. So we'll, we'll just see how that goes. But um, a few uh, personal updates. I guess first I'll just play this clip that I recorded uh, last night, I think, or the night before. I'm not sure which. Um, but yeah, here's this. So it is 2.30 a.m. July 21st. Laying in my hotel room. And I'm sick. It's my free weekend. I was supposed to go to Pompeii. But I felt real, real awful this morning. So I opted out of that trip. I feel a little bit better now, but I still feel like shit. And I've been uh, using that time instead to uh, go through all the pictures I've been taking on the trip. And, you know, just figure out. What's good? What am I focusing on with this little short documentary? Whatever. Actually, I've been... I guess I've spent more time watching the new season of Luke Cage, which is surprisingly good. So that's cool. So this is something I've been butting up against a lot lately, and I'm sure it's something that I'm going to talk about in the rest of this episode whenever I record it later. This idea of being a woman... You know, going by she, her, whatever. And it's tough, you know. It, it. I guess other people make it seem easier than it is. I don't know. Maybe this is another, another in a long line of things where I just have a bad understanding of, of how, it, how it works because we only ever see the exterior of it. But like... I was walking back to my hotel tonight and what's funny is that since I've uh, come out as trans and particularly since I've started HRT, I've been looking at women more than I ever did before. And it's mostly just to see like, how do they put themselves together? What are their outfits? What are their shoes? How do they match shit? And uh, I've concluded that I need 
ankle socks because I have none of those. I look like a nerd with all my wool hiking socks. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, you know, there's all these amazing clothing stores around here. Like I walk past, you know, a dozen of them every single day here. And there's so much like, oh, I want that. I would love to wear that, whatever. And, you know, there's just this immediate feeling of like, I don't think I could ever pull that off, you know? And there's the deeper question of like, what is the, what is the step that will bring me to feeling like a woman? Like, when will I reach a point where I can go by Sarah in my day-to-day -day life and not feel like, like ridiculous? <laughs> you know, I have a few friends who call me Sarah and it's, it's nice, um, but I'm still not used to it. And I don't know. I, part of me is like, well, once, maybe once my beard is finally gone, either through laser or electrolysis, then I'll be, it'll be easier for me to see myself in the mirror. And I have you know, had more of those moments of, like, catching myself. And what's interesting with the laser is that it's actually thinned my mustache out more than anything in my lower neck. But the fact that it's hit my mustache harder than it's hit, like, my chin everywhere else is kind of surprising to me because typically the mustache is the area that's the most resilient. Uh, yeah, I really hope that that starts taking more of an effect. I really hope, more than anything, that the uh, th that HRT will help encourage lasers effect. I don't know, but like I do worry that you know I hit a point where my uh, uh, my facial hair is gone and I still. You know, still can't see myself in the mirror. And, you know, I think probably the next thing is going to be like my jaw, <laughs> my uh, severe underbite, my protruding chin, which are deeply unfeminine, I guess. You know, so, oh, I need to get jaw surgery. To, well, I need dental surgery anyway to like make my mouth functional but on top of that like having having parts of my jaw shaved you know take a belt sander to it probably wouldn't go unappreciated but you know the real deeper problem is when will I reach a point where I feel comfortable calling myself a woman thinking of myself like that's that's the real thing is like when will I think of myself as a woman like I think of myself as transgender but I still feel fundamentally masculine 
I guess. I don't know, I'm still in this weird in-between space. I'm on my way, but I haven't arrived. So it's been about a month and a half on HRT, and let's just do some basic updates. So, yeah, I um, uh, I shaved my head bald right before coming to Italy, and that was um, oh my gosh, they're making so much noise. Uh, uh, that was just because it's it's easier than anything else, and it, it makes my baldness a little less visible, I guess. But um, I, so yeah, I shaved my head and obviously I've been letting it grow since then because shaving my head takes too long. And uh, yeah, so my hair has been slowly growing back over the last month. And t- earlier this week at some point, I, I got out of the shower and I looked in the mirror and realized that like the hair in my balding area is already noticeably thicker which really took me off guard. Now, I've talked in a previous episode about how that's a pretty common side effect for uh, trans people, where HRT can uh, uh, halt and in some cases reverse balding. And I went into some of the science of that, but it basically involves... um, Stopping the, produ- stopping the production of uh, testosterone, obviously, which testosterone builds around uh, stressed hair follicles, which are on the scalp where there's a lot of tension. And um, so reducing the production of testosterone so that stuff doesn't build up anymore, so it doesn't strangle the hair follicles. And also um, it slowly changes the shape of your skull, not necessarily in a... Uh, a noticeable way, but how calcium accretes on your skeleton, uh, it's different for uh, biological males than biological females. And I know that that's not the best way to put it, but it's the easiest. Um, so over time, the, uh, the calcium accretion on your skull changes shape slightly and um, reduces the tension on your forehead for whatever reason. Um, and I could be getting that completely wrong. That's entirely off memory. Um, obviously, a month and a half is not long enough for that particular effect to have happened. But uh, the cutoff of uh, testosterone is absolutely a part of that. And concurrent with that, I have been keeping up with shaving my body because I, I thought I was going to just let it go, whatever. But I realized very quickly that that was uh, painful and dysphoric and uh, uh, not great. So I've been finding time to stay shaved and um, started noticing uh, this week, actually, that my hair is definitely growing noticeably slower. And that's pretty awesome, honestly. (laughs) It's um, uh, it, it was surprising, and so like 
it's weird because this whole process, a lot of it is like, is this my imagination or is this really happening? Right. So when I saw, uh, it's like I saw out of the corner of my eye, I saw, like I saw the top of my head and then I like was caught off guard and I looked closer and it's like, is this thicker or am I just full of shit? I don't know. And I mean, it's not like it's changed drastically. I'm still like noticeably uh, thinning there, but there is a quality to the hair that seems different. I don't know. And it does seem a little bit thicker, but um, again, maybe I'm hallucinating that, but you know, with my, like the hair on my arm, I'm trying to remember sort of how fast has it always grown when I shaved. And it seems like, you know, the day after I shave, it's already pretty, um, pretty present. I'm not sure how to describe that exactly. I need to quit touching this desk because I don't have anything isolating the mic. But... It does, like, I think I shaved, I actually think I shaved yesterday, and it's still, like, really smooth. Um, and so that's exciting that my hair is growing back a little bit slower, and one can only hope that that rate increases, because, again, it's only been a month and a half. Um and this is something that I absolutely cannot verify, but to my uh, to my eyes, the hair on my arm uh, from the tiny, tiny little growing roots uh, does seem to be thinner and maybe less dark. Now that I'm almost certain is just wishful thinking, because that's an effect that probably takes a long time. Or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Everybody's different. This fucking whole thing is just like a weird dream, you know? It's like trying to watch clouds, you know? You don't think, unless it's real, really trucking. Generally, when you're watching clouds, it doesn't seem like they're moving. And then uh, suddenly they're gone, whatever. I've actually been taking a lot of uh, uh, long exposure videos. That's not the correct term. What is it? I don't know. But... uh you know, basically uh, doing, uh, why am I, why do I go to undercrank? Whatever. Just like a really low frame rate so that, you know, things move faster. Um, and that's how you get footage of clouds. That's like, you know, actually seeing them move. Um, but it's, it is wild. Like if you shoot clouds like for five minutes and it's just in regular time, if you like, watch it, it's the same thing where it doesn't seem like anything is happening. But if you drag immediately to the end, it's like, whoa, this is a completely different image. So yeah, it's kind of like that. You're um, trying to study yourself and see if anything is different than you think you might be. But like, what if you're not, you know? I mean, maybe, maybe it's all in your head. Well, it literally is in your head, but but if you're like, I don't know, it's weird. It's a weird thing. I made a joke on Twitter that um, it's a particularly uh, unique to transgender 
uh, people experience that uh, uh, one checks their breast for lumps and is disappointed to not find any. And so that's something that's like every day I'm like, is, is anything happening? And um, I don't know how I feel about talking specifically about bodily changes because on the one hand it's relevant to the point of this show but on the other hand I'm very uncomfortable with um, talking about a lot of things like that but it usually is more to do with like sex generally and I'm just generally really modest um, very American in that way so it's probably not as 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 weird as uh, or as as uncomfortable as I'm I'm picturing it being, but um, I am at the point now where there is like a mild soreness behind behind my nips, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I'm at the point now where it's like. Was it was it always like this, or is this new? I don't know, because it's not like they're just hurting all the time. It's only when I, like, check and put pressure. Um, it's only horizontal pressure, too. So that's ongoing. That's an ongoing thing, you know? Again, am I losing my mind, or is this really happening? Who can say? It probably is really happening, but it's a combination of the two, such as life. And then there's emotions. So actually, I've been a little disappointed so far, <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, where I've been um, hoping for this sort of emotional floodgate to open up. And so far, it has not. Now, it is, again, one of those things where some people describe that like not happening until, you know, several months down the line. And it's really hard to say. My uh, my hotel room is right by one of the main streets in Arezzo. So there's always tons of people walking by during the day and talking and yelling. So if you're hearing people, that's why. But the, uh, the, the, the what the fuck was I talking about? God damn it emotions. I think a lot of it lately has been because I've just been sick in a way that's like, it's made me tired and like hard. It's made it difficult to, to, to feel emotions, I guess. I don't know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm still at a point where like trying to cry and not being able to, which is weird. Well, not weird. That's normal, but it's a normalcy that I was hoping would go away right so yeah that's that's kind of disappointing but um i will say that i have a suspicion that my my dosages will need to change i mean and that's fairly common um because apparently my uh, uh my blood work was lost uh or my blood sample was lost so when i went in for my appointment I, uh, they, they, you know, took my blood 
uh, at the end and they were supposed to like send it off to a lab and have it looked at and then come back and say like here's your hormone levels and then the endocrinologist would look at this and say like oh this is what we need but she prescribed me HRT before seeing that just whatever and <laughs> um, yeah, sure fine and so apparently the company lost a whole bunch of samples and I was not able to get in to the place to have another sample drawn before I came to Italy. So I'm going to have to do that when I get back. But I do suspect that once they actually look at my blood work, uh, and, and it might be even more useful to look at it now that I've been on it for a while, by the time that I get back, it'll have been about two months. Somebody just dropped a penny over me. The um, Yeah, I mean, I've said in previous episodes that I suspect I might have some sort of weird hormone thing going on, some kind of genetic weird variant. I don't know. Uh, that is, again, probably I'm just full of shit. But one does not know until one gets tested for it. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know. That's the thing is that like I suspect maybe my, my doses are either too high or too low depending on which medication is what. Or maybe I'm just one of those people where it takes time to, to uh, hit in a way that it doesn't for some people. And again, that's the infuriating subjectivity of being transgender and going through HRT, apparently. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of rough, but whatever. It's fine. It'll be fine. I have been looking into um, going on, uh, going back to my baldness thing and trying to rejuvenate my hair. I have been looking at going on... Uh, there's this whole sort of regiment of like, there's uh, vitamins and uh, shampoo and like finasteride, which is another uh, testosterone blocker. And uh, finasteride specifically is something that a lot of people get. And then when I see the endocrinologist, I might request it. But there is a, um, a service called For Hims, which is weird. Uh, it's not hymns as in hymnals, it's uh, hymns as in H-I-M-S. Uh, so it's that's a strange name for a service. But uh, they ha basically just have the whole package. It's the shampoo, the vitamins, something else, and fin a finasteride prescription based on like a consultation or whatever. And it's $44 a month, which all things considered isn't that bad but it is i mean that's you know that's a that's a chunk of change especially since i don't have a job yet um so i'm not gonna do that yet well whether i do just depends right so i just want to talk about a couple of little things little things news things that have been going on in the world um, that I, I've, I've, since the last episode, I've kind of found time to catch back up on what's going on. Um, this is after 
Uh, our president had his very, very good meeting with the president of Russia. And that was a whole debacle that was wonderful, but uh, not going to talk about that. Um, just a couple of fun things that I just wanted to weigh in on. Um, uh, uh, there is a um, uh, Republicans, let's just read the headline, Republicans vote for license to discriminate against LGBT parents. Basically, it's a writer on like a funding bill that um, allows adoption agencies to discriminate against LGBT parents. Specifically, like, uh, I mean, the thing, the thing with any sort of LGBT umbrella, uh, 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 not persecution, discrimination, is that the 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 less invisible you get, the more it will uh, affect you. So for gay and lesbian couples, that's one thing. And I'm not saying that they won't face discrimination. They absolutely will. But transgender people, obviously, unless they are one of the lucky ones who pass uh, perfectly, which considering the expense of adoption, like that's not entirely out of the picture. Uh, it's It's not wholly unthinkable that the person the 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 couple uh who can afford to go through the lengthy and and costly process of adopting can also afford um facial feminization surgery and and all of that stuff but whatever um it's still like if if anybody's going to get the brunt of a, uh, a religious moral objection it's going to be transgender people because in a general sense you know the uh, attitudes have shifted about lgbt issues and i mean adoption centers um who's to say about their like conservative leanings i don't know enough about the subject to weigh in but I do feel that it's relatively safe to say that it's probably got a lot of potential blowback for uh, transgender people. So it hasn't, this thing hasn't passed. Um, uh, a lot of the effect does exist in Oklahoma and Kansas, which is great because I live in Oklahoma. Um, and I'll just say that as a, as a transgender person, you know, I'm on, uh, I'm on um, I'm, 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 I'm a, t a testosterone blocker, and I uh, uh, one of the things is that it makes you sterile, right? So, uh, well, that's the conventional wisdom. There have been studies that say that if you abstain for long enough, you do recover, um, but that's something that needs to be replicated and studied further, to my knowledge. But it's safe to assume that after a certain period of time, one is rendered sterile, uh, being on HRT. So if I want to have kids at some point, which I think that I would like to be a parent, I don't hate the idea. <laughs> I, um, uh, I would have to adopt or, you know, come into an existing family or there were have to be a surrogate involved there's plenty of other options right but whoops but the obvious option is adoption and 
if this becomes a national thing, if this sort of right-wing push continues, you know, that's an option that conceivably just will not be open for me, which is, that's sad. But it also kind of leans into the larger thing going on right now, which is this national attitude shift against trans people. There's a lot of, uh, well, there was the uh, Pride Parade in London where um, TERFs led the parade. They just sort of pushed their way in and the police didn't stop them, so they just led the parade. And that was a huge, um, huge public debacle. Also in Britain, there was, this was a while ago, but there was, um, I think it was called Gender Quake. It was basically a, a debate on the subject of gender and, and transness, and it was mostly headed by like, uh, gender critical people uh, and um, um, you know trans exclusionary rat femmes and yeah so that wasn't great but you know here in the states there's there's a lot of people on YouTube who have very big followings who are uh, shall we say not on the side of the transes and it's easy to get into this bubble right where you have your Twitter friends. Um, I follow mostly trans people uh, and mostly people who are like pro-trans or, you know, somewhere in the LGBT umbrella. So it's easy to get into this place of like feeling, feeling like you live in a very progressive world. But then you go some places and you see just how widespread the, the like the anti-transgender sentiment is. And it's kind of scary. So right now in the US there is this huge pushback against immigrants, of course. And you know, they're being rounded up by ICE. Um, first it was undocumented immigrants. Um, being rounded up by ICE and, you know, detained in camps to be deported. And now, of course, they're trying to find ways to go to deport naturalized citizens, which is, you know, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good step. But um, my, my natural inclination is to ask, how does this escalate? Because um, Trump is a fascist. That's just a fact. Fascist dictatorship style government, generally speaking, requires the, the creation of, of a national identity based on persecution, um, the invasion of some other group. And, you know, there's immigrants is the big one, which is always, you know, the first big one. But eventually, the, the countermeasures that are supposed to, like, get rid of, of the immigrants, they, they reach a point where it's like there's not much else to be done. And, of course, nobody is, like, for death camps. So all of, all of, all of the things that can be done are being done, right? 
but the problems that that's supposed to fix haven't been fixed. So if Trump wants to avoid the the public, you know, turning against him, he has to find another enemy. And to my mind, I feel like transgender people are the natural next enemy because we are widely misunderstood in in the discourse in politics in public a lot of people find us to be they just assume that we're you know perverts and pedophiles and weird and autogynophilic cross-dressing weirdos and we're getting more of a public profile and this is something that always happens where there is a, a, a progressive push, right? Um, there was a point some years ago where trans people were hitting kind of a mainstream and everybody was like, yeah, this is cool. I accept that. But then it gets to a point where I think whenever a group reaches like a public critical mass of visibility and it's everybody's like, oh, yeah, we should recognize them and give them some kind of rights, you know, uh, uh, and sh- you recognize them in some legal manner. But then it's like they still have more demands, still more needs, and then kind of public opinion turns against them, or it's basically like, well, we gave you something. Why are you, whatever, it's like shut up about it. And it's, you know, there's always this like weird moral turn, and I can't really explain it, but it's like it's, it's a weird ebb and flow where things reach a certain point of progressive acceptance and then it does a backslide. And usually it doesn't slide back as far as it was before. Sometimes it does. Um, but so that's kind of where we, I feel like we are on the transgender thing is around the backslide where there was a, just a couple of years ago, there was a lot of public like conversation and acceptance. And now we're becoming villains in a larger national narrative again. And it hasn't, to, in my opinion, it hasn't like spread to like the larger discourse, I guess. Maybe it has. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about there. But it definitely has the potential to go there. And that is something that is very much on my mind and something that I'm worried about is like, what? I mean... I don't want to feel like a victim. I don't want to think that I'm like a persecuted minority or whatever. And I've been out of the closet for almost a year at this point. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't feel like particular ownership of that persecution at this point. I haven't faced like public discrimination or, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't present as my preferred gender in public yet. So I'm still invisible generally. I mean, I wear all like women's clothes, but it's all fairly like gender neutral. Uh, Sometimes people give me weird looks because I do wear like more form fitting clothes, but whatever, it's fine. But I am aware of the fact that that's going to change. And 
I'm aware that I live in Oklahoma, which is not necessarily the most progressive state, although I do live in a very progressive town. It's a college town. Mm. I don't know. It's it's scary, you know? And, and right now there's a lot of talk of, like, Trump is done, this like Russia thing that the, the, this conversation, this tell this press conference between him and Putin was uh, a bridge too far even for his most devoted people in the media. And I certainly hope so. I mean, it's really clear that there is a lot of shit going on that the Mueller investigation is going to reveal whether or not there's, there's going to be consequences for that, I'm skeptical. Not because the legal system is broken. I, I think that under normal circumstances, there would be consequences. But again, Trump is a fascist, and he is working very hard to undermine our systems of government in every way that he possibly can. I mean, he's joked about removing term limits and... Even if you say, oh, he's just joking, he's not being serious, a president should not make that joke. That's just, it's not funny, it's not a good joke. It's not, it's, that's bad. That's, just putting that idea out is bad. That's, that's frightening. And so, as much as I want to hope for the future, I, I can't, I can't. So one of the classes I'm taking right now is about the rise of fascism in Italy and all that I can think of is like before Mussolini came to power, Italy was generally like a socialist state. Socialism was widely accepted. And then Mussolini started off as a socialist and he sort of ran on a platform of taking all of the things that people liked about socialism, uh, but also getting rid of the parts that people didn't like. Uh, uh, which is, it was basically rich people saying, we don't want the socialists taking away our property. So he took away that stuff, but he kept like the uh, labor protections and all this other stuff. And then over time, he just got rid of all of that because he was an unprincipled piece of shit. Trump is the same way, you know? And so that was another sort of, progressive push and then a backslide and in that case the backslide was really really far back one can make the argument that they still haven't recovered so one wants to hope that just trump is too incompetent to to succeed in any of his machinations but you can't underestimate the gall of a fascist and he's desperate for a, a Reichstag to burn, you know, some kind of urgent crisis that would allow him to call some kind of emergency power. And that's just the first step. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, the fact that it's it's imaginable that it's it, that that I don't feel ridiculous in making the suggestion it says a lot about the times we live in right now. So, yeah, and this all comes back to the fact that I uh, part of the reason why I came out and 
decided to do this podcast and be myself in the world was that Trump and the people like him want me not to exist. And they want to bully me until I make myself invisible. But I've, I've done that my entire life. And I refuse to do that anymore. And doing what they want, even if it means that I personally am safe, that's, that's not helping me. That's not helping anybody else. And it's giving them what they want. Um, and if everybody did that, then trans people would be forced back into the closet and all of, all of the progress we've made would disappear. It's incumbent upon us who, who are in a privileged position. Like I'm, I'm white and uh, I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm poor but I'm not that poor and I have family who is able to support me. So I'm in a, I'm in a good position. I have a lot of privilege and for those of us who are in that position of privilege, it's incumbent upon us to take advantage of that and shoulder the danger that other people face without any choice. You know, if, there, if there, there are people out there who have less choice and faced more than I ever could imagine, and if I'm too scared to, to be myself based on that violence, then I can't call myself an ally. My, my public visibility is my protest. My transition is my statement. And... That's why I, I'm, I'm so public about all of this, you know. I, I've, I've gotten words of encouragement from a couple of people who said that, you know, just like what I said at the beginning, that, you know, their, 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 their narratives didn't match the sort of predominant trans narratives and hearing it from me helped them come to terms with who they are. And that's exactly what this is, more visibility is what allows people to realize who they are. And that's the most important thing, I think. And there's a very political, <laughs> almost metaphysical thing that happens when you're transgender where you become very keenly aware of things that, 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 that you weren't aware of before. But I won't go into that right now. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being sensationalist. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think we're there yet, where like trans people are going to be rounded up in camps or whatever. But I don't know. What I do know is that we have history, and we know how how we got there the last time, and what the signs are to getting there this time. And if we're conscious of it and we accept it as a rational threat, then we can fight against it. And even if we fail, it's better to die resisting than to <laughs> die, just die. 
And if it means that we get the opportunity to live, then it's worth it. Thank you so much for listening to the Trans Questioning Podcast. I know this one got really heavy. I wasn't expecting it to go there, but that's how the show goes. If you have a question or a comment or any sort of thought or whatever, a story, and you want to share it with me or have it read on the show, send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what I do and want to support me doing it, consider donating some money over at patreon.com slash LTAS. There are all kinds of rewards and there's lots of updates. I'm about to post a uh, review of the movie Personal Proper, which you probably haven't heard of. The cover art is by Emily Bumgarner. The music you've heard is by Insane in the Rain Music. Thank you as always for your support and your time and I hope that you have a pleasant rest of your summer and I'll see you again soon. (laughs) 